Hello and welcome to Penny Earful, the officially unofficial podcast for Showtime's Penny Dreadful television series. This is for episode 308, Perpetual Night. I'm your host, Aaron. And I am Cecily. And we I got true blood there for a second. We we done fucked up again. Something about finales just make me uh have an accent, I guess. We've done we done fucked up. We've we've killed another TV show. Are you gonna are you gonna just go ahead with that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was gonna wait and just drop it in the No, because later. I found that out right before I watched the episode and It is with a heavy heart that we go into podcasting these last two episodes significantly reduced my enjoyment of watching it i feel really like. yeah well you you found out before the podcast not before you watched the episode no i'm pretty sure we we mentioned it right before we sat down to watch it okay my bad i shouldn't we're have done a day that behind you. but you know i don't know it's 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 a bummer um in related news cecily will be joining jim and, and me on the walking dead podcast <laughs> uh, we're going to f- I was like, gonna, what am I doing? We're going to finally put oh. put the old girl down for good. We're putting the stake in the heart. We're bringing of... we're bringing on the Undertaker, called yes. Undertaker. I, you know what? That's not a bad title for me to have, and that's fine for any other TV show. But Penny Dreadful, I am really sad about this. So, do you want to talk about this all now, or do you want to talk about it after the final episode, or how do you Let's, I mean, we're it? doing a wrap-up cast, which is something I don't think we've done for any other seasons that we've yeah, done together. Maybe Maybe Orange is the New Black, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, let's talk about it in detail in the wrap-up. Okay, so we got a podcast... definitely coming. We got a podcast coming out today, a podcast coming out tomorrow, and then next week we'll have a wrap-up podcast. So get your feedback in yes. to... Penny Earful at baldmove.com and forums at baldmove.com. If you want to talk about it, we're here to listen because this is a suck situation. Yeah, we've got some really light feedback this week because it was a kind of a combo. Two, it was a twofer. Combo. <laughs> so I, I kind of just avoided the forums. I'm desperately hoping to get on there after we watch the second episode tonight. We haven't watched the 309 yet. No. So I'm waiting to get on until. We watched that, but... Uh, I had entirely too much TV to watch. We've done... I did get some emails. I got lucky because I only read the emails that address things that have happened in this episode or maybe the next episode, but it's all very general. Well, good for you. I was I went on to the Reddit thread to discuss the news of the cancellation. Oh, and well, you done it, fucked up. Well, no, I, I saw that like they were going for like huge spoilers right away, and Ooh. I kind of like cro- gl- you know crossed my eyes and backed out. I didn't get spoiled for anything. Anything at all? No. Really? Mm-mm. You didn't read anything before nope. your eyes crossed? Nope. You didn't make out words, tidbits? It's, I mean, hints, it's, so I, I saw the sentence, well, if they intended this to be three seasons, then why did things end up like, and I got to that phrase, and I'm like, nope. Back, I scrolled up, backed out. I did not see it. So. Okay, well, well, I did done fucked up, and I, oh. I know something that happens next episode. And That's I'm a pre- bummer. I'm sad about that. I'm sad about the series ending, but um, I'm not sad about this episode. I really, really enjoyed this. What did there you think? There was some man, uh, the person that plays Lily. I f- do not know the actor's name. I did not take note of her when she was Brona. But I stood up and paid attention as Lily. And this final episode, like that speech she gave about how her little girl died, and even uh, really swung for defenses. And even the speech she gave on top of the table last episode, that was a little that bordered little on scenery chewing to me. Exactly. But this really, really sold. I got I teared up. Yeah. Well, it even moved fucking Frankenstein. He was a heartless uh, monster. 
But that's the thing, like knowing that this is the end of the show, it's kind of sapped a little bit of my enjoyment because I'm seeing like, well, it's a lot of this then just didn't really matter. It seems. Don't do that yet. Don't I know. Do I know. That I know. Yet. I know. But it did. It for me right now. It does make it bittersweet. Yeah. Knowing that it's just. It's over. We're getting these amazing. Even if they're chewing the scenery, we're getting these amazing, amazing things. I mean, just that like uh, we're not going to get again. When we were doing again. our second watch, when Catriona grabbed Renfield and said, "Love, I whistle away haunts, haunts worse, like you before worse than breakfast, you before love. breakfast," and I'm like, "Oh, so it's good. so sad that we're not going to see this character." She's so bad. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, let's let's get into let's the episode. Talk about that thing itself. Uh, short of just doing a scene by scene breakdown. Um, I put this in order of things that I care about most. <laughs> okay, that's a valid way to approach it. So you are at my mercy here. John Clare daydreams about having a better life with his son and wife. Uh, she talks about going back to the factory, and he says, you're not going back there, and talks about moving away, teaching his son to, to swim, the coast or up all of these things that will not come true and happen. We can see the wall. Piss off it together. Is this where John Clare joins the Night Watch? Yeah, he does. Night's I think it's watch. about... He should have done it three seasons ago. He'd probably had a much better time. Yeah. I mean, he's already got the outfit. They they welcome the brat bastards and broken things up there. Yeah, they do. Um, any thoughts about the fact that he's he's just gotten some happiness back and it's just I, about to be son, snatched like, away like from I said, him yet his, again? His son's got one lung in the grave and the other in a coal mine shaft. And it's like he's openly, <laughs> openly coughing up pints of blood. It's yeah, and little not, pieces of lung and not good. And I mean, that's got to be the no. most, the worst thing in the world to have your kid dying and there's nothing you can do about it. So, official prediction: his son dies. Seconds later, a jet engine comes through their roof and lands on his wife. <laughs> right, it's got to go down. Then that season way. four is Donnie Darko. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, John Clare sure, wakes not? up in bed and he's normal uh-huh. again, and yeah, uh, he's haunted by a twisted version. It's Proteus in a. Uh, uh, Proteus in a bunny costume. Yes. Um, that's that's really all I've got on John Clare this episode. Okay. I assume we'll get much this and more. Yeah. Still hasn't shaved his head. It's, it's a really bad hairstyle. Still hasn't put on a little bit of foundation on those lips. It's just, you know. Just black lips. Take pride in your appearance, man. Yeah. Just, just smile, honey. It's not that bad. Yeah. Or, uh, or or own it. Like, go around with a piece of black licorice hanging out of your mouth the whole time. So, what? So, you know, so people don't think you're a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you saying that he should affect some kind of yeah. other persona so people don't perceive him yeah, as they're a like, weirdo? Oh, he's a, what's this guy? Bla- oh, the licorice. He licorice. just really loves licorice. He just likes those good and plenties. Or, like, drinking red wine out of, uh, out of a Coke Box? can. There you oh. go. Yeah, can wine. That's yep. class. Yep. So he's trying to be stealthy about it, but people know. They see those lips. Mm-hmm. I gotta see what you're doing here. So Ethan, Malcolm, and Kate and Nate arrive in foggy old London. God, that's terrible. Why did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> so they arrive. There is a pestilence upon all mankind that they happen to be unaffected by. And they're walking through the streets. There's a, there's a horde of rats and a rat king, I even think I saw. What? They- no, oh, I was going to say, like man, that would have been fucking cool. Yeah, that's the most terrifying thing I can think of in my imagination. Okay. Um, 
They come home to Malcolm's empty house. And for people that don't know, a rat king is essentially <laughs> don't, a... I'm going to cover my ears for a second. It's essentially a, a mass of plague-stricken rats that their tails have fused together and manged, and they're just one massive writhing, writhing, heaving unit of rat. Do not Google that. Don't do it. Oh, my God. Okay, so they're walking around the empty house and looking for Vanessa... Uh, there's nobody there, they think, until Malcolm arrives in the library. It tins, turns out all the vampires are there. All of the vampires are there, even one who's sitting at Vanessa's book, or, uh, her desk in the library, pretending to be her. Is that on purpose? It must be. I th- probably, probably. And, like, you know, she's kind of a mess, but then again, depending on... She's a decoy, right? Right, I'm just saying, like, depend. I- I've seen Vanessa looking about that beat up. So, oh, yeah. yeah. I absolutely believed it was her. In yeah. fact, I think she was that woman's stand-in. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Um, Ava Green is a stand-in. Um, the house is full of vampires, and Catriona Hardigan shows up. Has she been scoping the place out, or did she just coincidentally arrive at the same time they did? How long? How much time do you think has passed since Vanessa went and met him at the House of the Night Creatures? I have a theory. Okay. She's actually a creature of the night. I think so, too. <laughs> There's and a look that Kate's... I'm, I'm serious. Kate's and gives her a look later that makes me think that he's. something. I was something. joking, but if there was a sixth season, I bet we'd get some... She's some kind of archetypal, you know, a, a good... We're only be- on season three. You said I six. Said, I said if we get the f- a theoretical fourth season. You said six, but that's fine. Well, you know... That's I'm, fine. I'm, it's I'm, it's I'm, your, your Aaron. You can I, do that. I want double the ep- I want double the seasons. <laughs> uh, I bet we, we get some kind of complicated backstory where she's some kind of archetypal good demon and along the lines of Ethan. And you know what? I fucking want that. Sure. Sure. I but want, no, it I does want seem the, like... I want the Catriona and Vanessa Roadshow It to does happen. seem like there is some kind of nexus to drawing all of her allies to one spot. Because in this one night... Malcolm, Ian, Kate, Catriona, and Doctor Seward all descend upon the mansion. So, within a- an hour of each other, it's not spoken how much time has passed or even shown anyway. Can we just assume this is the same night that she goes? Like everyone sees the fog, they freak out, they come to. Well, they Vanessa's mentioned house. That it's been weeks. They mentioned in the episode that, yeah, that there's been like a first of fog and they were thought it was a factories, but then yes. 7,000 have died. And this is a real, this is alluding to a real life it historical does. I event. have feedback about that. So okay, don't good. I don't want to, I don't want to serve up dry pie. It's uh, not the right podcast. You for are the dry piest here, <laughs> sir. Uh, but they do say that 7,000 people died and there's just some sort of poison in the air. Don't want to serve up dry cunt. <laughs> you and your Justine fixation. <laughs> So uh, while they're walking around the house, before the vampire attack, um, there is a wolf that's been hung out to bleed out above Vanessa's bed. Yeah. Upstairs as a sign for Ethan. So much for caring for all the creatures of the night, Dr. Acula. <laughs> Real conservationist, aren't you? Right. And Malcolm was... You know he personally hunted down every one of those wolves. Oh, I know he did. And scorpions and frogs. Yeah. He's like... He he's got like, a picture of Malcolm He's like that Ethan. fucking dentist in Dallas or whatever times a million. What? The guy that shot the Leo the Lion or whatever, and everybody got oh, mad for five minutes on guy. Facebook and then forgot about it. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> yep. He's a conservationist, see? Yeah. He's conserving all the things by shooting them and mounting them and <laughs> leaving them for messages to shooting Lupus them Days. Them. Uh, this is Lupus Dead, Lupus Day. What do you think about that? I think that's a bad joke. Sick burn. <laughs> it's the kind of joke Dr. Acula would make. 
yeah. It's the kind of joke that you got to come up with Dr. Acula would make, honestly. Yeah. Malcolm is bit in this attack, and they instantly jump to the conclusion that they should kill Malcolm. Malcolm's like, I have to kill myself. Ethan's like, where's the gun? Kate's and A's like, here it is. Here it's loaded. Go ahead and shoot yourself. <laughs> and Catriona, uh, thankfully, is there to stop them from doing this stupid thing. <laughs> but she does carterize the wound. Mm-hmm. Uh, she says, do not try to stay awake. That's what I say every night when I smother you to sleep. Sure. <laughs> shh, shh, don't fight. Do not try to stay awake. <laughs> Uh, the bleach is not working fast enough. Nope. Ethan and Kate and a decide to head over to Frankenstein's place because they need a, a a doctor that is probably not previously engaged, and that's yeah. her man. But and he does is heroin tonight. and is not too freaked out about supernatural shit. Yes, your check guy. check check all the boxes. In. The hallway, Ethan meets a vampire child who says Frankenstein was called away, but I can bring him to you. I'm sorry. Bring you to him. He lures him into the middle of Chinatown to meet Dr. Acula. Mm -hmm. And they have a a showdown. Um, Really a grown-up version of I Love Her More slap fight. Sure. Ethan says that he understands very little of the forces that shaped and changed him, but knows their fates are intertwined, which I thought I thought was really well said. It's also like page three out of the Creeper Manual, but... Oh, God damn it. <laughs> you know, call me out like that. No, really. I, 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 I thought that was fun. Like, I know very little of the forces in my life. I just well. know we're destined to be, and I'm never going to give up. I'm never going to give up. No matter how many times she says to go away and I don't love you, I'm just going to try that much harder. She never said that. I know. I know. I'm being an asshole. (laughs) I'm being an asshole. Yeah, I mean, you're one step away from writing Twilight fanfic. Sure, I know. No, no, no. Not even Twilight fanfic because that's Fifty Shades of Grey. You're writing Fifty Shades of Grey fanfic. Yeah, no. Now what kind of person are you? The worst sort of garbage person. Look at your choices. In fact, I'm putting on the Survival Guide Volume 2 of Walking Dead on hold, <laughs> and I'm going full all, all in on my Victorian era Fifty Shades of Grey fan fiction. I would read that. I, sure. <laughs> I would pay upwards of $5. Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the moon is full, and he, he, he wolfs out on him, and he starts ripping throats MacGruber style. Oh yeah, and the those vampires ain't got shit on him, man. No, no, no. They are they're like tissue paper to his claws. To be fair, Renfield looks like he's gone full on vampire, and he's a paper tiger too. A paper tiger? Yeah, he's nothing. Like he yeah. can't. Doctor Seward and Catriona both hand him his ass. Well, they're badass women. Doctor Seward's not a badass. Yes, she no, is. Not. Yes, she. She is. stabbed her drunken side are of a husband. Out of your goddamn mind. And smokes. Those are her. She's she smokes and has and a heavy ashtray. And she knocks out a vampire with her heavy ass ashtray. It's a Renfield vampire. Are you being sarcastic? No, Renfield is kind you're of really upsetting me. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm rethinking this relationship. The sure. bleach is going to be. What's next? Mister Lyle's a badass. Is he a badass too? Is Frankenstein no, a badass? No, he's just a very smart, clever man. Yes, yes, that he is that, and so is she. But she's not a Doctor Seward and Catriona are badass. Catriona is women. absolutely a badass woman. Doctor Seward is not a badass. Why? I, I, again, <laughs> she barely is able to handle Renfield. But she does handle Renfield. Yeah. 
I need I need an actual case for you to make about I Dr. Seuss. I just don't Stewart. take her seriously as a badass. Badass to me means something. Right, but I need you to elaborate if you're going to take that I stance. don't think she could, like, for example, she barely beat Renfield. Catriona just grabs him by the throat and says, look here, child. That's a badass. Dr. Seuss barely escaped with her life. Mostly because Renfield underestimated her. Because Renfield was also restrained when Catriona, like, choked him up, so... I don't know. Also, Catherine's a fencer. She's a soldier. She was born to Claymore. Dr. Seuss ain't got any of that shit. I can't believe I'm going to defend my opinion that she's not a badass. I just I just want you to live with that. I want you to lie in that bed and... I'm going to sleep like a baby. Mm-hmm. After I strangle you with a pillow. <laughs> so, the moon is full and he wolfs out. I've gone back in time here. And Katana wolfs out as well. Shocker! Yeah. Yeah. How much did, were you predicting that to happen? Um, you know, I don't know, and that's one of the things that I'm cranky about this season. Is cranky, I feel like I'm old man. I feel like I'm owed answers about the nature of this Apache Wolf curse that I'm probably not going to get. But Kate and I looks like a, he he is a another badass, and he looks cool. He's got that that crazy ass long shaggy hair. Questions like why do wolves always have such long hair? Can't why? they just have their human haircuts? I, Kate, I mean, uh, Ethan pretty much sh- does. Ethan doesn't have long hair like that. His hair gets longer and shaggier. But not like Kate has like, got like full flowing locks. I know. It just grows and shrinks at will. Plus it's cool because it's silver and it gives him like that silver pelt. It's... I'm not denying that it's badass. I just okay. want to understand the, the, the science behind the hair growth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. You could you know, bottle Ethan's that and sell it up, to, he's more to of an, aging old rich men for lots and lots of money. He's more of an uptight. No, as men get older, they get hairier naturally. In other places want. besides their heads, if they're, mm. you know, the no, I, I, ones. I feel like that uh, Ethan's just more of a buttoned down, buttoned up corporate werewolf. <laughs> okay. Got, he likes to keep it high and tight. Kate and A likes to, you know, he's, he's got the party. He's, a, he's a hippie. Yeah. Yeah, he's smoking. Smoking. Uh, he just fu- got funny back from herb. Burning Man. Yep. He's in touch with his spiritual side. Okay. Okay. He kind of did just get back from Burning Man, honestly. He did. Ethan is shocked to see that Kate Tanae is a werewolf. He no, did. he's not. Yes, he is. He's in full wolf mode. How can he show any emotion at all? Well, he did. I think he just kind of, they just shared a mutual snarl. Like, we got, we've got this. That's what, this, that's why I read it. He's clearly surprised. I, I think we need to go back and watch the episode again, I guess. I would like to know how he emotes surprise through all that fucking makeup. Well, we'll find out when you go back and watch the episode again. Okay. Because that is exactly what happened. He stopped and looked jaw agape at mm-hmm. Kate and a mm-hmm. werewolf coming towards him. Yep. And Marzipan's name is Marisol. Well, you don't need to be a dick. <laughs> The baby vampire is watching this entire exchange, and he backs into the shadows. Is he important in some way? It's not like he's reporting back. I thought it was back. like comic relief, because he's like, so oh, it's not, shit. It's not like he's reporting back to Dracula, because Dracula has already met and is presumably present No, the vampire, the Dracula fucked off, and he was allowing Sure, but his, he was there. He essentially became yet another Bond villain, where he's like, I'm going to leave you to my lesser henchmen, even though I could snap your neck right now and assume everything went to plan. But yeah, no, I feel like that's his familiar, and he's going to report back and say, "Oh, you're not going to get, you're never going to believe it, boss. You're never going to believe it. 
this lupus day guy, this guy who you kind of know is a werewolf. <laughs> it's a lupus do kind and, of situation. And, and he's got the full moon out. He turned into a werewolf and just wrecked house. And then another one came and they wrecked twice as much house. And we're pretty much fucked now. <laughs> so kind of back in time, Dr. Seward comes into her office at night and finds Renfield sitting there listening to her. Oh, shit. I forgot the word. Her wax cylinders. Mm-hmm. Gramophone. Gramophone. Okay. And he's holding a toad, and there's just toads pouring out of the sink, and he's been eating them, and he gives her an official resignation in the form of toads all over the floor, Mm -hmm. which I highly suggest. LinkedIn says is the number one way (laughs) to tender your resignation. You always want to submit a cover toad. (laughs) Yes. uh... So he he attacks, and they they have a little fight, and she knocks him out with her heavy-ass ashtray. Ashtray. Can Mm -hmm. I just say... Smoking saves lives. It's smoking absolutely saves lives. <laughs> if Vanessa hadn't come in her life and driven her back to the coffin nails, she would undoubtedly be dead. Yes, absolutely. They ought to do product placement. Like she's like, uh, <laughs> you know, she turns to the camera after she beats him, and she's like, lights up a Newport and says, <laughs> what, "What's a what's what's uh, the women? Virginia Slim, Virginia Slim. What's the women? Jesus, it's the women's cigarette. This fucking guy. I watch Mad Men. I Virginia know what's up. Slims, don't you mean? What did I Slim say like Slim? a woman should be? <laughs> so Malcolm and or Malcolm wakes up and Catriona is sitting there waiting for him, and they have their own little their own little tiff and scuffle. It's adorable. I love her. I love him. Very sad. Can I just say that? Have I said that yet? Yes. Uh, she tells her tale about how she and Vanessa met, and Doctor Seward shows up and says, "I want to get in on this. Take whole you thing. among the demons. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are Doctor Malcolm, I presume, and you, I don't know. <laughs> I love her very matter-of-fact way of doing things." Uh, so Doctor Seward brings Catriona and Malcolm to. Renfield, are they in? Um, they're in her whatever. In I don't know which one, but they're in. They they mentioned the facility. Are not, there? That's the thing. In like the Greater London area, and I'm not sure if they're all operating out of the same uh, larger hospital. And it's like one of those things where I really hope they are. You know, wouldn't that be fun? I mean, it's a very penny dreadful thing to do to make the stories come like this close. Well, how many fucking other. giant mental institutions are there in England? I guess. Well, you're saying that London, it's not. Rather. No, I'm saying it's kind of like when. Um, you know, like Methodist Heart, a Methodist Hospital in Indianapolis. There's the Heart Center, and there's the Center for Traumatic Butt Surgeries, and there's like, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying there's the yes, I know the, all the about on, the traumatic the butt center injuries. of oncology, and they do, they're all like this is run by IU Bloomington, and like, but they're all the one fucking building. Like, you, so I'm going to Methodist Hospital, so I feel like that's the thing. Like, they've got like the Ban- Banner Clinic. Uh, where Hulk, where where they're they're experimenting with gamma radiation and uh, in, in Methodist? No, are you no, talking no, talk, about the show? I'm, I'm talking about the showdown. I'm making incredible Hulk show. Hulk and the, okay, this, the, okay. The I, show's I got collapsing that, under I, the weight of my bullshit references. Jesus, yep. The Banner Clinic of radioactive yeah, injections and of, things. Of radioactive green people uh, <laughs> is the proper term way to t- refer to them now. <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> Hulk is pejorative. <laughs> But uh, it's not easy being green. <laughs> hashtag. Stop it. I, but I feel like that, yeah, it's all one one building that has multiple practices and mm-hmm. multiple wings. And mm-hmm. you've got the, you know, Jekyll basement of awesomeness. And, <laughs> right? Is That's he Bedlam awesome? Too. Is he awesome? 
I'm we just have, saying that the lab itself is undeniably awesome. It's the only God basement I know it. that has a skylight. If there is not some Jekyll Hyde transformation in the last episode, we're that getting makes fucked a out. A lasting impact on my heart and my soul. Who, just, who who wrote this guy? John what? John Logan. John Logan. I read your interview. If you intended to be three seasons, and why the fuck is there? Go a, fuck why yourself. the fuck is there Doctor Jekyll and no Mister Hyde? Fuck you and the Lily you wrote in on. <laughs> <laughs> so she ha- Katriona has this great line. She says that I whistle away haunts like you before breakfast, love. Uh, Much classier than pieces of shit. Jesus, I love her. It makes me want to go back and watch the Tudors again because I guess I... Plus, it's like it, with, with like her. three sentences, she has laid such an intriguing background. I whistle away haunts, which implies that she's some kind of ghostbuster. Yeah. She's a thanatologist. Yep. She's a fencer. She's mm. born with a claymore in her, in her hand and identifies herself as a soldier. She also knows how to heal wounds. I mean, easily. Well, yeah. That goes or, with the I soldier mean, territory, I suppose. Does it? I don't know. It feels like if you're com- like back in the day, yeah. If you survived a few battles, you got good at patching people up. I mean, this is like before like licensed doctors were a thing. Well, sure. I mean, I could throw a knife and fence a guy, but that doesn't mean I know how to fix him afterwards. Sure. I don't think they go that hand in hand, but a battle, I, 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 I suppose so. Maybe it's like in Westeros, where like you can have an actress that's a level three trauma surgeon <laughs> and <laughs> an accomplished actress. Sure, she's a she's a fencer slash corpsman, uh, core woman. <laughs> Jim is having a really bad I time really, in Rocket League in the really, next room. Really hope that picked up because leave it in. <laughs> what, what did he say? He just said, "Oh my fucking god. god!" Yeah, one of his teammates is not helping. Nope. All right, nope. continue. It's not us this time, though. <laughs> uh, so we get to Lily chained up in the Banner Laboratory. Really ineffectually chained up. They got her ankle, so like, but, I but think that's effectual. How are you going to jab a needle in her eye socket against her will with this arrangement? Oh, yeah, that's dumb as He hell. can't even fucking pass her a glass of water with that almost getting his arm torn off. Well, the assumption here, I think, is that all three of the men would be present when the injection happened. I mean, Jekyll is very hesitant to leave. Yeah, sure. I think three men wouldn't be enough, man. I think they'd no. have to, like King Kong, bombard her with gallon jugs of ether Wait smash till... gallons on her face oh, yes yes <laughs> wait till she passes out and then strap her down with the heavy shit yeah i don't think yeah man there's no way three guys can restrain her she's oh, got yeah. that frankenstein strength she got that frankenstein's monster strength rather there you frankenstein go has no strength he's not a badass but just no we've established. he just makes monsters his supernatural power is to have perpetually sleepy looking eyes <laughs> His eyes feel like they burn. And some tapped out veins just aren't good for sure. anything anymore. He's got collapsed veins and eyes that resemble piss holes in snowbanks. That's what he's, <laughs> his eyes remind me of. So Dorian goes to leave and she tries to lure him in with a final dance or a final kiss. And he isn't have any, having any of it. I like how he just, he just, it's, he just scoffs. Like, <laughs> I'm going to go. <laughs> and now I'm going to clean out your horror institute. <laughs> This has been that this program has been decredited. You all go home. <laughs> so she asks Dr. Jekyll to leave her alone with Frankenstein. And Jekyll says, I strongly object, but I'm going to go make my rounds. Remind me to talk to you about Black Mirror. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me to rise up when you slap the table. Rise you know. up. <laughs> 
so he rises up by handing her a glass of water, and oh, this scene is so tense. Yeah, because you think she's. I, I thought smash she was going to take his arm right off. Just oh, and peel, she almost peel did. it off. She peel came it off. so close. Peel she it right off. She was going to. She would have. She wanted to. She should have. Yeah. But she does not get her thirst quenched in this scene. Uh, Dorian returns home to his whore institute and kicks them all out. Yeah, and, and even fair, kicks out cousin Violet. There's nothing no, 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 more. Wait. There's nothing more. Pe- Who am I thinking of? <laughs> cousin Violet. Is that her name? No, no, no. That's the old lady. That's Maggie Smith. Uh, What's her name? Which one? The one who ran the Horn Institute in Downton Abbey. Oh God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I f- fucking forget. Shit! Shit! That would have been a good Isabel. Joke cousin Isabel. Cousin Isabel even kicks her out into the street. <laughs> yeah. So well, she I goes and a... starts a hospital somewhere, and he just tells them the truth. I thought that maybe we would have a scene of him making up some story or something to get them out, but he just straight up tells them that he gave her to Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justine seems to be the only one who really has a problem with it. I think that all of them combined could have taken him. No, nah, I don't really think could so. have overtaken him. I absolutely do think so. Mm. He got but stabbed through the heart and didn't even flinch. That's true, but I'm just saying, like, if he had said, I gave her away to Frankenstein, all the women run over and just attack him, it's, well, it's over. he rips the first three throats out, how many Does keep he? coming at him? Rip the first three throats out, he's he's distracted while you cut his head off. Uh. I'm just saying, that's a lot of horse. <laughs> <laughs> You don't know. Uh, would you rather you don't fight? Know. Would you I rather, think you're very anti-feminist. This would you episode. rather? It's would you rather fight a hundred horse-sized horses or one horse-sized whore? <laughs> <laughs> Is that and and what part of the feminist uh, conversation does that question advance? Duh, dude, I don't this even. This will know be where on the finals, start. people. This will be on the final. Yes, we will quiz you this about be on this life's test. later. Mm-hmm. So everyone, she's Justine stabs him, and everyone leaves besides Justine. And he says, "You are you would be surprised at what you can live with. You're still young." And she says, "No, I can't. No, I'm sorry. No, I can't." I'd rather die here on my feet than live the- beyond my knees. She somehow threw in a hard consonant at the end of E. That was really impressive. I don't know why you have such a problem with her. I don't share that sympathy. But I think she's, I'm sure there are people that do. So I'm just going to allow it. She's like a fucking it. kitten going after a Bengal tiger, it's and she's it, uh, I love her. it's tedious. I love her. Tedious. I love like, her because she's. I tedious. think Dorian should get a medal for sin- for sitting through what's probably his tenth horror banquet. Like, oh, can you yeah, imagine they're absolutely. all drinking this wine and then. Ah, Cackling like you know they are. Oh my god, I was at fucking a par- ignorant as hell. And- I was at a party just this weekend with a bunch of drunk girls, and I almost killed myself. Sure, it's- very, very nearly rammed my face against a fence post, but mm-hmm. I left instead, like Dorian did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did you cut? And then you came back and said, "Get out! Get out! Take what you want! Cunts. Leave now! I still allow it." <laughs> That's exactly what I did. I took my goodie bag and I left. So he he snaps her neck. Yep. Very, very softly and slowly, mm-hmm. which I thought I never snapped the neck before. I don't know if you have. Mm. Can't just say, can't say right now. Not no human necks. <laughs> I've, what? I've wrung a chicken's neck. Of course you have, you monster. Well, you know, look. but it seems like he turned her head really slow and then just like snapped one bone. I feel- which I thought it was more like the whole jerking motion of kind of. The, I thought it was the same principle as 
So Strangulation, I did... like when you hang someone and it breaks their neck before they before they strangle. So as my duties as podcast host, uh, oh, I've had yes? I've had medical students write me in and say because I guess not everyone does this, but one of the way one of the things the steps they do in uh, dissecting a cadaver mm-hmm. is to I forget the technical term, but it's essentially uh, it's a vivisection. Right? They, they decapitate the the head as well. And they do that. One of the first steps is to break the the, the cadaver's neck, mm. and I guess it's surprisingly difficult to do. Now, really, part of that is probably I think your natural disinclination to just grab a human body and just snap its neck. Um, but you know, it's a it's a big sturdy joint, and it's designed you know through the wonders of evolution to oh, they're vertebrate different def- definitely. Yeah, but then again, she's got like a baby bird neck, so. So Dorian kills her, and that's the last we see of uh, Justine. Are you excited about that? I mean, <laughs> I'm sure you feel quite satisfied. No, because honestly, I was really hoping for a really an epic showdown. Well, you know? I mean, he, it could happen. I, and I Lily's guess maybe this on her was way it. back to an empty house. Well, the Dorian showdown. That is what's going to be the epic showdown. Yeah, I guess this is about as epic as you're going to get with an immortal like Dorian and a. 17 year old urchin named justine <laughs> or was she even 17 i don't know she was 12 a couple of years ago <laughs> that's all i know <laughs> so lily and frankenstein back in the lab i don't uh, know how many birthdays i've had they are arguing semantics on whether or not to live or die as a as a fully realized human she wants him to let her be who she is. I, I think her whole monologue here is amazing. Mm. Up until we get to the daughter scene, which the funny is thing very is, this, his his electrified medicine is just is is just, he's he's just passing current through heroin. That's what's that's what the cure. Is that what it is? No, I got to try that. Mm. Electrified. Yes, that's what you need. Electrified heroin. That's exactly what Heroin you need. not giving you that kick <laughs> I gave you before. <laughs> Try heroin now in 9 volt. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a bee stinging every, every joint in your body. So he prepares to inject her with this electrified heroin. And she, she tar- starts talking about her daughter. And a John that she had one night. That didn't want to pay, and he hit her right in the temple, so she was knocked out in the street. And the only reason she's working that night, it was like whore's Christmas. It was so dark and, and dreary and cold that not even the prostitutes were out. There is a reason for that, it turns out. Because only the shit John show up. The only the shit John show up. So he knocks her out cold in the street. She comes home to find that her daughter is frozen to death in the morning. Mm-hmm. And she says, you know... Just don't take my the memory of my daughter from me. Yeah. Super effective. So he lets her go. Yeah. And she lets him go. Yep. Lightly strangles him. Let him know. Let, let him know. Like, don't fucking do this again. Like, for this real is this for time. The, yeah, this the, is the third four, time. No, the oh, fourth, fourth time yeah. that I've said, for real, I'm not letting you go next time. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. She turns and around. She, lets him go. she turns her after she's she's about ready to walk out the door. She turns around to say one final goodbye, and he's standing there with a bottle of chloroform in her rag. <laughs> 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 they just can't commit to a and course he, of action. And he's got like a them. baby doll and a fishing roll, <laughs> a fishing lure. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my uh, bad. Uh-huh. All right, all right, for real, for real, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> 
come back. She comes to his house sometime later. It's just packed Florida, Florida raptors with coal. <laughs> you like this, right? This is yeah. what you're into. Need coal, coal. He's the one of your babies to freeze. <laughs> oh. It's sweltering. 120 degrees in my apartment now at all times. <laughs> it's like a baby incubator in here. Oh my goodness. He has to die, right? I'm indifferent. There's no possible I, happy ending I can see him having. I there there unless he and Jekyll just you know. Oh yeah, well that sounds like what you can't see the hand gestures and winkings and the faces I'm making. But which, by happening. the way, really made the electrified heroin <laughs> choke. Your your facial twitching was choice. Uh, I don't know. That seems like that's what the Je- Jekyll would be down for. That I think Je- Je- Jekyll's always Jek- wanted to, uh, you know, take up residence in Frankenstein's back alley. <laughs> Make a make a night call. Oh wow! So I've got some feedback. Do you have anything else you want to talk about on this episode? Don't think so. Got uh, just a just a just a few minor feedbacks before we get into the real the real shit next episode. Okay. Uh, this it. first one is from Mike, and he writes Mike. in Mike. Mike, I can't, I can't. Michael Hunt, would it be? No. Oh. <laughs> You're making a Mike Hunt joke? Yes, I am. If you enunciate it properly. <laughs> anyway, what did, what did Mike He writes in about Mike the say? London Keller Fog. From... Oh, right. Yes. Oh, right. Oh, righto, then. It occurred from 1882. The, the famous trench coats are named after this. Uh... In the midst of the Industrial Revolution, the citizens of London had not yet experienced the toll of pollution from burning coal. Factories. What they do? Ship it across the channel to France? Like what? They the hadn't fuck? experienced the toll of pollution. They were okay. doing it, just not experiencing it. Okay. <laughs> just they had lived it fully. Factories and homes had been burning coal for years in order to provide heat and power. On the 26th of January, 1880, a thick, slow fog draped over the city. The Mm. fog consisted of a toxic mix of sulfur dioxide and combustion particles. Was it some kind of weird weather pattern that that made it this this particular day after years of doing it? I don't know. Okay. Let me know your ideas after this. It stayed in London for a total of three days and took approximately 11,776 lives. Huh. In three days. Yep. Although the fog horrified those in the city, nothing drastic was done to prevent those kinds of acts from happening until much later. Fog came back to London in February 1882, December 1891, December 1892, Mm -hmm. which is what I presume and he presumes is occurring in this timeline. Yeah. And November 1948, 1948, mm. killed thousands. It wasn't until 1952 that people began to act in prevention. That's what I that love. Was only 60 I, that's what I love about ago. people like, ah, oh, China, Brazil, you fucking polluting <laughs> bastards. Like, we, I, I think it's hilarious that we got through our industrial revolution and modernized when nobody was looking or paying attention. And now it's like, you guys can't fucking do that. You can't like put children to work in factories and burn. I mean, I don't. I'm, I'm two two minds of it because obviously I like to save the planet and, and you I'd like, like to sp- put your child to hard labor. I wish I could. I really wish I could. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I was born a century too late. <laughs> but you know, there are a laudable things. But it might be something that a civilization has to go through before they understand. You know, like definitely. 
You have to experience it to know that it's bad, right? Because like if you told, if you went back in time and said, you need to stop burning coal because 11,000 y'all are going to die because of sulfur, acid, electrified heroin clouds coming through your town. They'd be like, but we want our babies to not freeze. And there you go. That's, that's the rub. Yep. That's the rub. So in this year, 1952, another great fog came to London. This one, just as deadly as the one in 1880, it limited visibil- visibility. What, what year was this? 92? 1952. Okay. Was there one in 92 as well? No. Oh, because that's the year that we're, the, this shit's taking place, as best I can gather. No, no, no. 18, December 1892, yes. Okay, so this is, the I think, the incident they're talking yes. about. Okay, perfect. I'm, I will fill you in as I finish the email. Okay. In 1952, only 60 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, it limited visibility not only in streets but in the homes of citizens. This fog was responsible for approximately 12,000 deaths and Jesus. led to the Clean Air Act in 1956. Uh-huh. This is what fucking blows my mind. Uh-huh. 1956. Yeah. Like, we know people who were alive then. Imagine Dick Clark up there, chim chimney, chim chimney, well, <laughs> walking and falling off the roof. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like real people, but that's I don't a think the great, chimney suits would great... be. I don't think the chimney suits would be that fucking cheerful if they got the toxic clouds. <laughs> no, Mary Poppins out. would not. There's no uh, spoonful of medicine to fix that Mm-mm. ill. You should try electrified heroin. Here, <laughs> <laughs> that's big back then. Okay, uh, my Mike, Mike, Mike Hunt says. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Mike. Since Tennyson died in October of 1892, the timeline mm-hmm. doesn't really fit the the since the events in New Mexico definitely not winter there unless it is very southern New Mexico. But doesn't it fit? He just said 18. The one of these fogs December. was in 1892. Tennyson Can't died not, in October. So what? Two Let months me could, finish. Okay. Definitely not winter there since it, unless it's very southern and transoceanic travel takes approximately three to four weeks, not to mention railroad travel from New Mexico to New York. I guess if you turn your head, squint your eyes and assume we may not be seeing events play out in New Mexico concurrently as we are seeing events play out in London, maybe episode eight and nine could be in December. I think so. We missed a Christmas episode. October. We need a Christmas episode. Exactly what day in October? I'll entertain the people while you Google. Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Hello, Sixth of my October. ragtime gal. The 6th of October is when he died. So early October is when Tennyson died. I think the timeline works well enough for this fucking show, honestly. I actually agree. Like, I, I mean, I it, you. you're within a week or two of being right on. Right. And I'm kind of impressed that they actually used a real historical fog and not and not just like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, the fogs we get. So. I mean, it had to have been planned out in reverse, right? The fog Probably. is where you set your finale. Tennyson dying is a great way to set up Vanessa and her poetry bullshit. It's like how the guy wrote The Martian trying to put them there for thank- around Thanksgiving so he could have the potato plot. I don't remember that reference. For The Martian? Nope. Oh, well. It's saw, sick I saw the movie one it. time, did not read the book. Ah, uh, I thought Don't you did. I thought you did. Fair enough. So Avery writes in and says, I'm not even going to share my frustration if this really was a series finale. It's bullshit. This is a person who's writing about both episodes. What about movies, though? What about movies? Then movies, though? though. We could get some movies. Let's, let's, Can we let's, do a Key and Peel skit right let's now? Let's take it off the table. <laughs> these people aren't doing anything bigger right now. We got to get some more of these Ava Greens. I mean, if the movie has more kittens, I'm fine with that. I'm just—it's like it's set it in Egypt. 
Go visit Lyle. Have yeah. the mummy. Yeah. Done deal. Yeah. I'm, I'm my ass is in the theater for two and a half to three hours for a penny dreadful of the movie. Yep. Get on it, John. Nathan writes in and says, I'm curious to know why they let Hecate survive last season if the show is just going to rush through the plot line through Ethan's darkness. Ethan bonds with Hecate to the point where they have sex and he gives an Our Father who art in hell speech at the dinner table. She even dies for him. All of that is quickly thrown out the window. As soon as he hears Vanessa's in trouble, he immediately reverts to My Lupus faith Day is bound mode. with her, even though I was pledging it to <laughs> Satan just weeks Making before. his entire character development for the first five episodes absolutely pointless. By the way, if your, shro- if your show is truly cursed to end shows once you start podcasting about them, there's still a chance for you to cover Fear of the Walking Dead before that dumpster fire makes it to season three. <laughs> three please save us. I mean, can we, I can we pause I, to consider how absurd it is that we live in a world the where... The Undertaker has limits, and that's a hard one. Yeah. I mean, we, it, how absurd is it in the world that we're going to get a third season of Fear of the Walking Dead? And how? Yet, how did that make it past one season? And yet Penny Dreadful is getting canceled because not enough people are watching a is super sexy... Why? bloody, violent, well-acted, gorgeous-looking show. Is that the reason why? What? Yeah, no, I mean, there's, like, the audience has fell off a cliff for the show. There's, like, quarter million people watching. (sighs) Those people are fucking dumb. Well, I mean... No, they're dumb. I don't know. And and here's the thing, like, I don't believe for an instant that this was supposed to be the final season. I think they got wind early in the production process that it was likely to be, and that's why we got this weird-ass... Nine episode season where the plots feel like it feels naturally that Ethan and Vanessa's plot was going to come like, you know, Ethan was going to redeem himself in America at the end of the season as Vanessa gives herself to Dracula. But instead, we're essentially getting a shotgun three episode season four tacked on to an abbreviated season three to this show. Mm-hmm. And it's the gears are grinding and the brakes are squealing and sparks are flying. And we're all just, you know, Justine's wanting to die on her feet rather than <laughs> living yeah. in the gutter. I don't know. I uh, lost control of the analogy there. You but did. I was there with that's you. What, that's why you say no to electrified heroin, kids. <laughs> Or say yes and just stop podcasting. Uh, any other feedback? That's all the feedbacks I have. I mean, I've got a lot more. Yeah. But it'll... It's all for next episode. Yeah. Well, uh, we will be back uh, in a day or two for the final episode, and you can send feedback and on And we'll be that back one. again even later. Yeah, and again, the the upshot is pennyearful at baldmove.com if you'd like to opine about the season uh, and, you know, venture frustrations... Etc. Like I was super excited on the off season to do some preseason watches. I don't know that it's even worth it at this point. I think so. Eh. I mean, if we have the time, I I would love to do it because I think the show is great. If John Logan is full of shit or not, he, he I don't made think he's full of shit. I think the man wants to work in Hollywood again, and he's not going to burn. He's I'm think he's I think he's frustrated and over it. You know he's and. What's he going to do? Go out in public and blah, and, and like, nothing good comes from that. I mean, look at Dan Harmon's career. I mean, I think it can be a truth and a lie at the same time. Like this episode was or this show was only meant for three seasons. Season two, you saw the numbers growing. So you wrote a third season for it to expand. Turns out you got cut off at the pass. Mm. I, I could definitely see that being a thing. I mean, a lot of a lot of uh, show creators fall into that trap. Right? 
Yeah. I mean, we can't all be Vince Gilligan's or, 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 uh, what's his name? Matthew Weiner's mm-hmm. that have this all concise and ready to go and planned out in your head. Yeah. And it, it didn't do him any favors that they were every year going against Game of Thrones. Like my number one thing would have been to move this like maybe opposite of move it to October. Move, yeah, I was like, what have it if you're going to if you're going to duel with someone, duel with The Walking Dead. Move and you it got, or move it to a Monday or a Friday. Like this Banshee isn't was? a summer show, or no. it's it's I, I never understood the timing of it. Yeah, like it feels like it feels like it's same thing with the leftovers. I don't think the leftovers is a summer show. Leftovers is a fall or winter show. I mean, unfortunately, Fargo is a fall winter show. I uh, it just we, wouldn't fit in the summer. Yeah, we haven't gotten the last episode yet, and we've still got plenty of talking to do about it. But this feels like a Firefly type of thing for me. Like it's going to in the coming years have a cult following. And uh, well, maybe we'll get a movie. Maybe we'll get a movie where they deal with because there's a whole <laughs> bunch of Egyptian mythology and maybe that'd be Egyptian but, like, when people demon get... queens that have not been like hastily buried in tombs with Doctor Mister Lyle. So yeah, when people have time to get back and watch it, they will be impressed. But I mean, I think just Showtime doesn't get numbers. Period. Well, it's they're it they're always playing second fiddle to HBO, um, you know. But that and things then change. Second, and then third there's, fiddle. There's to... nothing in writing that says HBO always has to be as big and popular and awesome as they are. They are just a few years of missteps away from fucking all that up. <laughs> they're not. I know. HBO seriously, been on point, man. For years. You, if you'd years. ask an NBC executive as they're snorting cocaine off a of hooker's tits in the '90s, mm-hmm. are you ever going to be anything but number one? They'd be like, "Hell, fucking no, we're musty television." And now look at them. I'm just saying that Showtime needs to keep coming up with awesome creative darlings and kind of stand by some of these things when they're not getting the ratings just so they can get the buzz that'll generate the ratings and just wait for HBO to fuck up. Put the appropriate end to the sentence, an exclamation point instead of like an ellipses at the end of their seasons. Dexter was amazing for the first few episodes or seasons. Right. Amazing. And then they just fell off a cliff. Yeah. I, well, just, that... I just wish that they had the foresight to see the end coming and plan accordingly. That's all I want. Yeah. If you're going to cancel a show, just give us one more half season and just let us finish. Yeah. Well, and I don't I don't think we've got the full story because there's some there's some rumor and scuttlebutt on Reddit that we can just talk about in the next episode about maybe this is. Yeah. This more is not the time or place a, for a this. crisis of con- confidence on the showrunners uh-huh. uh, part. That maybe the network did want and they're willing, but he's just kind of like, you know, not sure what he's doing with this and lost enthusiasm, the passion for it. Who knows? It's going to be a lot of he said. It took us five, six years to figure out what actually happened with Frank Darabont and The Walking Dead. Right. Um, and that was a massive show. It had 18 million people watching it and tons. So like, I, we might never know the true story of why Penny Dreadful ended up kind of whimpering out, especially since I thought things were going fairly well, fairly strong early goings. I agree. And I'm the performances have still not really slipped. Like no, that's not been at all. The, the, the look of the show, and, and you've even added some really strong characters yeah. this season. It's a damn shame, but we'll have more to eulogize about it uh, in the coming days and weeks ahead. So, ta ta for now, dearly beloved. <laughs> we all gathered here today to end this podcast. To whistle haunts. Prince and, is uh, also dead. This is just a sad time. 2016 can go fuck itself. It really can. We'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. <laughs>